So this week we've talked about leadership and we've talked about Simon Sinek's Leaders Eat Last. And I want to go into that a little bit more. And I've entitled this, uh, I've related Leaders Eat Last to the Emperor's New Clothes story. So more on that when we come back. I'll get faster at this as we go. (laughs) The strongest prison bars are in your head. Leaders and teams, it's time for a jailbreak. So what is it about the Emperor's New Clothes and Simon Sinek's book that has got me intrigued, that's got me chewing this over? And it's this, if you're not familiar with the story of the Emperor's New Clothes, it, and it's not the Emperor's New Groove, I know that's a spin on that, but um, there's a story of how an emperor who was so vain, he, he ordered these beautiful new clothes and the tailors uh, didn't really know what they were doing, but they, were, they deceived him and they pretended that what they'd given him were the finest clothes in the land made from the finest material and only the most discerning people could actually see them and so not wanting to appear to be ignorant not he, he, the, the emperor says oh yes 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 i get it i get it yeah 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 i get it and so he parades naked in front of the villagers and the people watching are like oh yes yes oh very beautiful very beautiful they're all the <laughs> submissive support staff. They, they are there just saying, yes, yes, I agree. And everybody's pretending that they get it and they don't. And it took a little boy to say, oh, look at the king, look at the emperor. He's naked. He's naked as the day he was born. And there's a wonderful song by Danny Kay who sings that one because it was uh, Hans Christian Andersen's story, I think. I'm just remembering off the top of my head. If you know, then look it up and let me know. That would be really good. So what's that got to do with Leaders Eat Last? When I was going through the details of the book and and, uh, thinking about, and what I do with leadership, that these messages are so good and they're so real and people say, yes, 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 we agree, we believe in that, but nothing changes because they don't really get it. And yet it's such a masterpiece. I love Simon Sinek and I love his books, all of them. Um, and uh, this is the follow-up to, well, the, his previous book was about find, about your why. Anyway, I'm thinking too quickly here. I'm trying to keep up with my brain. So I've got my notes up here. So <clears throat> Leaders Eat Last is that what I saw is that it's one of those ones where those who want to see the value in it will see it when you're looking for the value and you take it seriously you'll see it and those who don't see it will say they do but nothing will change so um, what you know there are there are people who lead by the numbers and Simon Sinek does this uh, compare. He does a number of things in the book, of course, but he does this comparison between companies that are numbers-driven and, uh, like GE, for example, he compares GE with uh, Costco and how they do business. And 
and companies that are about the shareholders, everything is about the shareholders and profitability, and it's often at the expense of the staff. And the leadership style is lift your numbers or you're out instead of empowering the people to be able to lift their numbers because their increased service and their, there's all sorts of things that go on. When you improve leadership skills, your turnover of staff reduces because people, people join companies but they leave because of people. And if it's totally money driven, it, that company will cut off its nose to spite its face. And, and that's where I love listening to, to Simon uh, and I love his, um, you, you can Google him and watch YouTube videos because he's all heart. You can see that he comes from that place of heart, but he's also not, uh, it, it's not about, it's not enough just to turn your leaders into cheerleaders. Yeah, you can do it, you can do it. They've still got to make the difficult decisions. One of the things I read about during COVID, and I tried to find it before I came on, uh, but it was about a, a companies laying off staff and you know people being fearful and things getting tough and reducing wages and all that sort of thing but there was one company that was criticized but what this uh, ceo did was call in the staff and ask them so look we are all in this together what are your suggestions what can we do to to get us through this and uh you know if those ideas work out then then we'll do those and those staff agreed to less wages and some certain improvements and changes and different things. And that company, yes, it had a bit of a dip, but it came back much, much stronger and didn't suffer the way that other companies had because that company was about caring about its people. See, companies don't exist just for shareholders. They exist so that a society can employ people and feed families, grow an economy for for the growth of that society. It's about it's about a shared growth and an enhancement for all. So children can be educated, people can can do they can go on holidays and spend money on vacation with other businesses. So that's where it's at. Now where where people are in lockdown, spend your money locally. That's what we're doing now in Australia, in Queensland with the borders, we don't know whether the borders are opening and closing. We don't know whether next week they could be closed for some reason. So people who can go on holidays, instead of complaining about not being able to go into state to travel, holiday in your own state, invest in your own state, spend the money in your own state. It's about people. And uh, I love the humanity, the honesty of that, that Simon writes with. It's as though he, he cares how you respond. Now, this is the thing. As a, as a professional speaker, as, as someone who goes into companies and, and has to sometimes challenge tactfully how people do things and, and help them see better ways, more effective ways to do things, it can make people defensive because uh, you're basically, you know, they, they want you to come in and help them change, but people don't want to change. If it's, if it's them, they like other people to change. And we're all the same. Now, I like change that I'm making. I'm not as much of a fan of change that's imposed on me. So it's got to be tactful. And there are some companies, like it's, it's, there are companies that, the companies that need it the most don't care about it. The companies that, that have zero people skills, just, you know, they come to work because they want to get paid. They can shut up and do their job. 
they don't invest in their staff because they don't see it as a priority. They see it as a, I hate this phrase, they see it as a soft skill. I don't use the phrase soft skills, I say smart skills. Because it is, if you can be intelligent about how you talk to people, you'll get a better response. And it's sadly, you know, the people who need this book the most uh, won't read it. And then there'll be those who read it and go, yeah, 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 I'm good at this, I'm good at this. And then they do nothing. But we can't do anything about that. Uh, I'm not here to convert the people who, who are not interested. This is not about whether you get to heaven or not. This is about how can I be of service? If you're interested and you're responsive, I'm happy to, to come in and help. I don't waste time trying to persuade people that leadership and people skills is a good idea. I haven't got time. There's too many companies that already agree and are just looking for a good fit. Am I a good fit with my approach, my style? Yes, I am. Great. Let's do business. And uh, that's how I do things. Now, Simon, uh, I, I don't have a leadership book. Well, I do on financial leadership. Uh, and uh, my prison book has a lot about leadership in it. But that's why we're spending this week on each month, I'll spend a week on leadership and a week on the different areas that I do, change, resilience and finance as well. And we'll rotate those. Next week is about finance. So we're going to be talking about uh, financial due diligence and making sure that it's one thing to make money, it's quite another thing to keep it and do the right thing with it. I do not give financial, personal financial advice, so please don't ask me. I'm not licensed for that, but the principles of finance are, um, are really important to get some financial education on that. So what else did I make notes on? Right. Okay, now here's the other thing. As I was, uh, one of the reasons this video is a little bit late in, being, in coming out today is that I was doing more, one thing led to another, of course, down the rabbit hole of research and uh, sometimes how the, that's what it was, <clears throat> companies that are full of yes men and women, uh, but mostly yes men, because that's the phrase and it doesn't matter whether you're a man or a woman, you just got to go toe the line and go along with it. Uh, they don't change, they don't improve and they lose their staff after a while. But some of them develop what's known as a toxic submission culture. And I'm not going to go into that today, but I, I am preparing some teaching on dealing with, or if you are in a toxic submission culture. It happens in companies and people will stay because they need the paycheck, but it's killing them. But a toxic submission culture also happens in churches and groups and clubs and peer groups and bikey gangs and whatever, wherever there's human beings gather and there's, there's power involved, there can be a toxic submission culture. And uh, I'm not ready to do it yet, but I will be addressing that issue before too long. Um, and that topic, it, like Simon's, will not be received by those who need it most, but hopefully it will help free good people from wrong thinking. So I hope that has been a help to you. We are doing finance next week and I may tell you how I accidentally, this week I accidentally made 60% on my money and it was accidental and it wasn't a good thing to happen because when you break the rules, it could just as easily have gone the other way. Fortunately for me, it was, a, it was an up 
so uh, I don't do day trading anymore. I, I've focused on certain types of trading um, and I don't promote it either necessarily, but uh, I practice what I preach. So I will mention from time to time things that I do. So Chinese New Year, gold always goes up, almost always. So uh, that, that was a blessing for me this week, um, but I don't want to make the same mistake uh, and lose. <laughs> so anyway, next week is on finance. We'll be talking about due diligence and risk and making money. All right, so stay tuned. Bless you heaps. Have a great weekend.